The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Hello and welcome to a Absent Minded Extra. Uh, with this recent signing of uh, Demchenko last night, uh, we got none other than Gillian Kemmerer here to help us understand the signing and help us understand Russian hockey. You've been a guest of the pod before. Thank you, Gillian. I tried to get you on last night, but you were busy with all the Russians <laughs> that I've signed in, in, in NHL. I understand why. And, and again, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me back. And yes, there is quite a uh, Russian movement in the NHL these, these past few weeks. I think only more to come. Yeah, we're all waiting for, for the, in a funny way, the Russian date, 1st of May. But but that's when uh, Russians <laughs> can really sign NHL contracts. And obviously in Montreal, we're all waiting for the Tsar, Alexander Romanov. We'll get to him later. But it's Demchenko. A goalkeeper that I have seen quite a few times, actually, on TV, but I think you met him and you've seen him live. I certainly have seen him live. Um, he It's crazy to think that at 26 years old, he made his KHL debut in 2011. So he's got approximately seven seasons of professional experience in the KHL under his belt. Um, and Tractor Chelyabinsk, I think, it's important always when we talk about KHL goalies or, or any players to discuss the circumstances that they came from because they vary widely across the league. And with a very brief reprieve um, for about two seasons, and, and Demchenko was actually in net for those two seasons, they tend to fall at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And in fact, this past season, they finished 11th out of 12. And there was a time when I thought that their last place spot was all but locked up. Um, Admiral's fortunes fell lower, but overall Tractor had a really tough season. Um, and it's not the first time that they've had a tough one. And unfortunately, some of it was paired with fans boycotting games, allegations of mismanagement. So he didn't finish out the season with Tractor. He actually went to Metallurg Magnitogorsk that also didn't have one of their best seasons. They're traditionally quite a competitive club in the K. But when you think about where Demchenko comes from, and when you think about his statistics in the KHL, which overall have been quite solid over the time that he's been playing professionally, um, it's very clear that he was thriving in spite of his circumstances and not because of them. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at a Tractor from, from a, a point of view, it's it's been a terrible team, and they have had to rely on a goalkeeper to to sort of save them maybe not a terrible team because they've had some really good offensive players but defensively they struggled and they have to have a yes. goalkeeper that that in many ways have bailed them out over and over again and i spoke to some of my friends and and from what i remember this is a, an extremely agile goalkeeper and you have to really credit his mental capacity because standing there more or less alone <laughs> and guarding the net in front of one of or behind one of the worst defenses in KHL and dragging that team into two 
maybe even three playoffs in, in a row. It's amazing. And and if you look at some of the goalkeepers ahead of him in saving percentage or in wins or and everything in, in the K, those are from uh, SKA St. Petersburg or, or Seska Moscow. So, so you take them out anyway. And then more or less, he's he's a top three goalie in, in some of those seasons. Demchenko has produced some really, really solid statistics. And I think your point about being the fact that he is athletic and that he is quite mentally strong, those are all right. I think um, one thing to think about with his context is the fact that his technicals are so sound may be in part due to the fact that his father, Viktor Demchenko, had a long career as a goaltender in the Soviet League and is now a goaltending coach and has very, I think he's been a goaltending coach for quite a while in and around the KHL and the VHL. So Vasily has had not only plenty of professional experience in his own right, but he's also had quite the sounding board and and the training camp at home. And I know that you mentioned at the outset of this call that you had spoken with uh, sources in Russia who said that he spent some time in North America at goaltending camps. So Demchenko has not only the the support and the, the technical basis that I think will serve him. Um, and I think that when you divorce his win-loss statistics, I think he's 81, 86, 25. So technically he has a losing record, but only by a hair. If you divorce that from his personal statistics and from his technicals, which have always proven to be quite good, he does move well. Uh, he reads plays effectively. And in general, he plays a slightly more aggressive style in the KHL. Demchenka is in my opinion, quite a low-risk signing for Montreal and, and may even prove to be um, better than expected. And I think one of the common comparisons has been to Pavel Francouz, who at one time was Demchenko's backup, if you can even imagine <laughs> it. Um, and then later on, they went on to share the goaltending responsibilities fairly evenly at Tractor Chelyabinsk. But Francouz came over to the Avalanche expected to fully be a backup. And I was reading an article even as of this morning questioning whether or not he would start to pressure for a starting position. So Francouz has come over from the KHL to the NHL and done quite well. And he's coming from the same standpoint as Demchenko coming from effectively from Tractor. Of course, Demchenko spent a little bit of time at Magnitogorsk, but the two of them statistically are quite close. Pavel slightly edges him out, but Pavel's turning 30 in June and Demchenko is only 26. Yeah, and, and, and focusing back on his personal stats, uh, three uh, seasons over 93 um, saving percentage, that's, that's right. really, really strong. Let's let's not forget that. So, so he has the pedigree, and you say he has the bloodline as well. So yeah, this, <laughs> this can be a really interesting signing. Um, he himself has said uh, to, I think it was Sportsnet that, that came with the news, that uh, he is prepared to fight his way up the ranks. He wants to play um, to in, in NHL completely, to play in the best league in the world, but he's prepared to take the year or two in AHL to, to secure his position, learn the trade, learn the different ang uh, angles in the, in, in the, minor, in the smaller rinks, etc. But one question that I have is like, he's 26, fair play, he's still young, a lot younger than me, but... Did he wait too long to come over? I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, maybe the sweet spot of coming over for a goaltender is closer to 24, maybe. Um, particularly if you're a top, top talent that really needs to demonstrate in the NHL sooner than later if you're looking to edge into a, a starting position like, let's say, an Ilya Sorokin or an Igor Shostyorkin. But Demchenko coming over at 26, potentially being the backup to Carey Price. There's no golden parachute 
to Europe in his contract. From what I understand, he can easily be assigned to Laval, and I think that he'll have some really quality time there. I think 26 is okay. He certainly has uh, some room to grow and to learn. He was playing at home on a larger ice sheet for Tractor Chelyabinsk. So not to say that he doesn't have experience on North American-sized ice. The KHL switches between three sizes. But he is going to have a little bit of an adjustment given that his home ice was Olympic. Um, but overall, I, I think that the experience probably only served him for the better. And a little bit of time in the AHL, maybe he'll he'll feel more pressure as someone who's slightly more mature and has so many professional seasons behind him to really demonstrate what he's capable of. Um, and if, like you said, he's more than happy to be assigned to the AHL and, and is there to prove himself, I think his age may serve him in terms of confidence level. And with Russians, the tendency is to come over too early, not too late. And in this case, that's not true. He's coming over maybe just a little bit past what other goaltenders like Igor or Ilya that are stealing all the headlines came over. But in general, I would rather see him come over slightly more seasoned than under-seasoned, as it were. Because sometimes with Russian players, they don't have the confidence of their professional CV or, or accolades behind them. And then they're left with all the pressures of adjusting to North America. Um, and I think that with Demchenka this is probably not going to be as much the case. So it'll be very interesting to see how he transitions. But I actually like the fact that he has a fair number of professional starts behind him. It's also good for, for him to have uh, maybe a couple of extra years and has it goals set on, on the NHL to prepare uh, with English lessons and, and getting yes. the, the language sorted before he comes over and doesn't have to struggle with, with teammates or coaches and, and media in general. Uh, I think that's very beneficial. There were some rumors or, or someone commenting that his glove side has never really stood out as, as uh, a strength or, or he's a little bit weak there. I have never seen that. I, I think he flashes mm. that glove quite regularly. And, and he does. Some of the... <laughs> the shots against for Tractor are quite brutal. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah, he's, he's had to use it. I, you know, in general, I think his technicals are pretty sound. Well, obviously, he'll be put to the test with the speed of the North American game and the precision of the snipers in North America. But overall, I think he has the basis, even if, let's say, he has some weaknesses in his glove hand that he needs to overcome. I personally haven't witnessed anything in particular there, but I, I think he has enough of a basis to be able to make the most of his AHL time. Yeah, I think uh, I tried to calculate the the shots against per game for him, <laughs> and and even when he was taken off uh, at certain times or, or jumped in his in, in relief in in other games, uh, he averaged on uh, thirty shots a game for three straight seasons. So <laughs> so, so I think that was yeah. It, it says a lot, and and if he can handle that, yeah, he can probably handle uh, AHL to start and and NHL sooner. Uh, or later depending on how it goes but I think I, I agree with you completely it's a very smart signing it's a low risk signing it's someone that has stated that he wants to go to North America he's he doesn't have the golden parachute he has been in training camps in North America for seven or, or eight years uh, that's huge that's huge it's it's something that benefits him it's it's also he's also said that Montreal has spoken with him regularly during the season it helps as well. He, he he knows what he's getting into. He feel, he has a feel for the club. He has a feel for the city. And, and it can only benefit him long term. Looking at yeah, another no question. 
looking at another uh, person uh, and, and I told you we might end with this so we're obviously going to do it uh, we have the Tsar ready to go more or less in a week <laughs> next Friday you know, I, have to, I always have to think to myself which Tsar are we talking about because New York has Igor and now the Islanders have Ilya so like I always yeah, but, have to reorient they, which empire we're in before yeah, we talk but, but about let, the Russian Tsar let's be honest here there's only been Tsars named Alexander Romanov there's Correct. not been like Ilya Shuretskin or whatnot, you know, like the other teams, they, they just take it because they're lazy. We go historically here. As a history You're right. Teacher, there's a, there's a historic basis in this one. Yeah. So, but uh, 1st of May, uh, Friday next week, um, more, uh, everyone thinks it will be signed and, and we sort of expected it and you were a very uh, good advocate for him to come over. Um, the last couple of months in Russia, he was called up to the... Uh, Russian, uh, what should I say, the B team that flew to Stockholm and played uh, in, in Sweden mm. hockey games. Have, have you seen anything? Have you heard anything about your own perspective of, of him? I know you went to the uh, women's uh, KHL All-Star game and, and finals. Um, maybe there were some rumors there. Do you have anything to share? You know, I think with Romanov, the general perception has always been that he'd probably come over earlier than some of his his teammates because if we, if we look at Kaprizov, Sorokin, Shostyorkin, they're all just a bit older. Um, Romanov, though, and I said this, I think the last time we spoke, the most important perspective on him might actually be Bragans, who coached him at the national team level. Um, and he's been quite vocal about the fact that Romanov plays a North American style game and might benefit from coming over early. I in general, I don't advocate for it. But in this case, I, I have to because, one, I wasn't super thrilled with his ice time at CSKA all season. It did get better as the season progressed, for sure. Um, but I think that he I, I want to see him out and about more. I think he plays an immensely physical game. He's obviously a bit of an agitator. All of that will work well in North America. Um, and he's going to be benefited with, I, I would imagine, a lot of ice time, particularly if he, if he goes to the AHL for any period. Um, but I think in the NHL as well, he's going to to see a bit more responsibility put on his shoulders. And and I think with Romanov, it's it's certainly a good time for him to come over. I wouldn't normally say it, so I, I really am defying one of my own rules of of when Russians should cross the pond. But you know, I think that at least among journalists in Russia, there was a widespread belief he was coming this season. Um, it isn't to say that Seyaska hasn't put a huge offer on the table for him. Um, losing Grigorenka, losing Kaprizov, losing Sorokin. I mean, Red Army's bleeding talent on all sides right now. Um, so they are going to be desperate to hold on to players. But that, you know, in spite of all of that, I think if I were Romanov and I were considering my style, my development curve, I would probably trend toward moving over to Montreal sooner than later. You, you mentioned Seska bleeding uh, talent at the moment. And, and let's be honest here, Seska is not getting any money for these contracts that are being uh, uh, lost or, or players that are being lost because the contracts are running out because there is no KHL and NHL agreement. In some ways, I have always thought this is a little bit crazy because if you draft someone like, let's say, a number one pick a couple of years ago, Rasmus Dahlin, you pay Frelunda $240,000. And mm. after he signed the dotted line, he's worth two, two, two first rounders or something like that. And, and I know it's not in NHL's game to, to, to promote f hockey in other areas. But on the other hand, we see how it works in football. 
Oh, so that's certainly true. That's certainly true. I, you know, funny about CSKA, I, I think that for one of the most storied franchises, it's, it's hard to imagine the fact that they hadn't won a Gagarin Cup since the fall of the Soviet Union. And the, the name of the championship has changed across the course of that time, but they hadn't won postseason honors um, until they won last season. And they won it with this fleet of young talent that they always knew was probably North America bound sooner or later. Maybe with Romanov, maybe they expected him to stay a little longer. I don't know. But with Kaprizov, Sorokin, it was always quite clear, at least to me and to most of us looking on, when approximately they were coming. Um, But, you know, now I think if anyone suffered from the KHL canceling their season, it was probably Seiska because they probably had one more shot at a Gagarin Cup and they certainly were well positioned to repeat. Um, now that that's over, they are inevitably in a rebuild. But I've seen reasons to believe that there's been a fair degree of investment in in youth training and development in, in Russia. And that's something that, you know, in our generation, and when we look at kids that grew up in the 90s, for example, that wasn't the priority. You know, building arenas was not the priority. Building a country was. But as this time has gone on further, guys like Slava Fetisov, for example, have gone back and created very competitive youth development programs. His hockey school is training hundreds of kids for free, starting from the age of like four or five. So I think we're going to start to see some of the elements of that investment. And the NHL showcasing their games for free on Yandex, which is sort of like the Russian Google. They've been streaming all their games for free. That only helps to sort of incentivize young players to want to play. They have more access to watching games as the KHL gets more glossy, more competitive. All of that's trending in the right direction. So I think that the NHL and the the streaming deal that they made has actually been quite wonderful in a sense and they've made the game more widely available in Russia as the KHL continues to get more competitive and better I suspect we'll keep seeing Russian talent particularly Russian goalie talent because um, we have one of the greatest goaltenders of all time Vladislav Tretiak at the helm of the Russian Hockey Federation he's put strict import goalie rules in place and he personally attends the development camp so I think this is only the start of young Russians coming over but particularly young Russian goalies and let's face it, that's how the Finnish wonder started as well. It was the goalie, goalie schools that went through and credited it. And then it became harder for, for forwards to score. And the, the, the forwards got better, etc. Et so starting from the back end really benefits yes. the whole system down the line. Jillian, I, I always say this when I talk to you. I can talk to you for hours because we have the same Likewise. side on, on, <laughs> on, on ice hockey. And, and uh, we both enjoy Russia and Russian ice hockey, obviously. Uh, thank you for giving us this time. I hope that you and everyone that listens stay safe. I'm really happy to hear about your dog uh, surviving the, <laughs> the scare. Um, that was the real drama of this week. Grigorenka aside and, and Demchenko, my dog. But no, all is all is well that ends well. And, and I hope that you're staying safe and healthy and all of your listeners too. Yeah. And everyone that doesn't follow Jillian, please do. She's an amazing follow. Um, you, you're going to love it, uh, especially the champagne in, in the Bolshoi Theater, I think it was, wasn't it? Or... <laughs> it's brilliant. It's not only those hockey, days, but it's always days culture. When we could congregate. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jillian. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too.